Did you ever consider applying to the academy, going the whole route? Apply to become an officer? Well, my parents wanted me to. And then I thought about it. I used to sit under this big tree near the parade grounds. An elm tree with a circular bench? Yes, that's the one. I spent many an hour there. It was my favorite spot to study. I used to sit under that tree and watch the drills. Picture myself an officer. I know that it would have made my mother very happy, but I... You didn't do it. No. I was 18 and eager. The last thing I wanted was to spend four years sitting in classrooms. I wanted to be out there, traveling the stars. I didn't want to wait for anything. Now it's done, isn't it? My career in Starfleet is finished. Not if you aren't guilty, Simon. Doesn't matter. I lied on my application. And that mistake will be with me for the rest of my life. Welcome, everybody, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts, and I am here with my co-host, Johnson. I'm here. You are here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. You're welcome. Uh, It's always good to chat Star Trek with you, and we've got a great episode to talk about today. Yeah, it's one that I picked, which hopefully you liked, but we'll see. We'll see. We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there. Yeah, we have not discussed this uh very much yes i was like leave it for the recording please don't say anything in advance and you're like fine 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 we didn't talk about it yes so we're gonna talk about the drumhead today a very um happy anniversary oh thank you yes thank you so what is the anniversary of your first date first meeting yes (laughs) first meeting yes Wow, that was two years ago? That was two years ago, yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah, it is. So, yep, so we're uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, not not our normal Wednesday night uh, gab fest about Star Trek. Mm. We are, uh, but mainly because we needed, well, one, we are going away. We're going to Vermont. I was like making a face. I was like, you know the reason why we're doing this today and tomorrow. Well, also, I believe that you are socially engaged oh, yes. tomorrow. I, I double booked. Thank I, I, you. Uh, a dinner way ahead in advance. I Not that. just mine. Actually, yes, yes. Actually, it was primarily yours. Probably mostly me. Correct. Yes. See, there we go. That is the correct assessment. But this does give us an extra day to do things so that it can be in the can and ready to go before. We leave, uh, Dennis and I leave for Vermont on Friday morning. So Fine. What's yeah. in Vermont? I feel everyone is going to Vermont. I have some co-workers are going to Vermont. I was like, what is in Vermont? And they were like, we have a lake house. I was like, hmm, I don't think that's what Mike and Dennis are doing. But no, we're, sure. we're staying at an inn and uh, we're just, uh, we're just like a bread and breakfast. What kind of inn is it? Uh, it's, I would say it's an old inn. I don't know how to describe it. I wouldn't say it's not a bed and breakfast. It's like a hotel. I was at bread and I was at, I said bread and breakfast. I was so (laughs) confused. I was like, I was like, wait, is that, that's not correct. I was like, that's a lot of food. (laughs) Anyway, I'm done. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not, uh, it's not a bed and breakfast. It is a inn, but it's, uh, there's a, there's a fireplace in our room. Oh god! I don't know if we'll need it or use it, but um, don't asphyxiate, please. It's it looks nice. What's that? I said don't asphyxiate. Like if you like have the fireplace no, 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 no. going yeah. and you don't oh, yeah. open the was it the chute whatever the flu the flute yeah oh, dear. the flu English and... is a struggle for me today. 
Anyway, continue. Yeah, so we're yeah we're going away, but we're going up there just to get away from the city. You know, nature. You know, some some greenery and some. I mean, ground here. It's true, but yeah, it's not the same. Not the same. No. All right. Um, yeah, we we both just need to get out of the city because um, the city is you know for. For those of you who don't know or might not remember, we, Johnson and I, and, and obviously Dennis, live in New York City. And so uh, with all of the restrictions lifted as it's of... coming back to life. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of life and a lot of people. Too much a life? Lot, you know, maybe not, maybe a little too much life. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to reverse this. There were some nice things about it being quieter here. Not always, but it was, you know, obviously, I'd, you know, I don't want businesses to go out of business because of lack of people, but uh, it's, uh, there were some nice things. Nature was a little more prevalent and uh, the, the, gaze sa- the out, sounds of the, the gays are everywhere right now. The, the gays are everywhere. They're yes, everywhere. They is, are, you know, they're like, yeah, they're yeah. taking over. Well, I remember that they were out last summer a little bit, too, when we kind of had the well, when uh, the mayor or the governor, I don't know who did what, uh, said, you know, you can have outside drinks and things like that. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, they <laughs> were like every so there were some shots. That, yeah, there were some photos online of uh, tons of, of people hanging out on, you know, on the streets, basically. Um so yeah, so there are some, you know, I miss the quieter, quieter, quieterness. I don't know if that's not a word, but it was more quiet back then. And there was a little bit more uh, nature, although the, the birds are, the birds are still here, but. You have a, um, you have a backyard. Yeah. I mean. We have a, a... We, yeah, well, we don't have a yard. I would say it's a patio. There is no like it's you know everything here is cement right like you're just on layers of cement sure you know i'm sure even central park probably has some layers of cement somewhere uh so you know so that's why getting out of the city and getting nature and maybe fewer people and just you know some fresh air you know so vermont will definitely have fewer people in nature and and fresh air and fresh air so we are going to dinner at I guess it's the oldest uh, pub in Vermont. I don't know. All Dennis right. loves to find old, like the oldest places to go to. So is it necessarily good? I don't know. I don't know. They make a pot roast though, and I'm super excited. Oh, to have you some love pot, pot roast. I love pot roast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's some uh, New England style pot roast is always good. Is your hair on point for this? Audio recording. Yeah, I'm just, um, you know, making some adjustments and tweaks as okay. we record. As we record an audio but, podcast. Yes, yes, I understand. Continue, continue your thought process. When so, uh, what are you, what are you going to do this weekend? So, this is we're recording on Tuesday before Memorial Day weekend. It's uh-huh. first of all, it's hard to believe it's the end of May. I know. Oh my God. We are five Over. months into 2021 already. Over. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah, this weekend, so I'm very fortunate because I have Friday and Monday off, like the whole company is off on Friday, which is really nice. He decided to give us a four day weekend, which is very generous. So, um, I'm also going to relax. I do have some plans. Um, I have a friend coming in from out of town. We're getting lunch. We're going to do like afternoon tea, but I don't think that's happening. I'm not sure. It's like, it's actually pretty booked. So that might be difficult. And then I have dinner with a friend. And then Monday, I might go to Cold Spring. It's like this, like, um, yeah, this cute this, little like, town. This cute little town. I mean, it's cute, but everyone goes to Cold Spring now. So now it's kind of like everyone knows about it. Used to be like, oh, this like little town that no one knows about. And somehow everyone knows about Cold Spring now. So it's no longer cute. It's no longer a secret. So it's one of those towns. And now right. everyone's like, oh, I'm going to Cold Spring. And I'm like, all right, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah. So I may do that with a couple of friends, um, TBD, but I'm totally fine also not doing that because that's a lot of nature for me. It's well, it's not, there's not a ton of nature. There's some nature there. I but mean, it's, it's a town surrounded by like hiking mountains. trails. And oh, yeah. Blah, 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 are you going to, are you going to, absolutely hate- not. I hate hiking. <laughs> I was going to say, hiking. it's like, I hate walking. 
I hate hiking. I hate running. I hate like a lot of physical activity that requires movement in my legs. So, you know, <laughs> um, yes. so I would veto hiking. I find like, you know, doing like bar hopping or something like that, but okay. hiking is out of the question. Got it. Yeah. Well, hopefully your friends will also be of that like mind. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. There might, also, there might also be children on this trip. So I don't know how that's going to oh, <laughs> We'll see about that. Oh, you're going to be in hell if there are children involved. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Anyway, um, so those are my Memorial Day plans. Nothing crazy. I'm actually looking forward to having some downtime. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, um, let's get into some no dates about... in case that was an inquiry. No dates. There are... uh, I no, I did not think of that. But well, the answer is no. No dates. Okay. No. Yes. Um, anyway, please continue. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's get into some Star Trek talk and uh, find out what did you Star Trek in the last week or so. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of star trek are you asking me yes um yeah there is not a third person on this podcast all right you know what? i'm just aware. checking I, I wasn't sure if you were gonna say something you know it was one of those moments but um anyway any i can go um so yeah so this week you know i'm all over social because it's part of my job and i follow star trek like the star trek instagram the Star Trek on plus Instagram, the Trek core Instagram, all these random Instagrams and what they often do as kind of like evergreen content is to highlight, Oh, this day in Star Trek history or whatever. And it always gets me. I'm like, oh, what's happening? What, what episode are they going to highlight now? And I guess this week, like the, I would say these past two weeks is like finale season. It's like, it's basically like sweeps season, <laughs> which used to be a very, you know, that's a very old term. But um, yeah, it's like basically, you know, that's like when they want to air all the series and season finales. So uh, I got I got a post about Scorpion, the Voyager season three finale. I was like, oh, Scorpion. When did I last watch Scorpion? I think it was last year. And I was like, oh, let me watch this again, because why not? So I just ended up watching Scorpion parts one and two because again, why not? Um, why not? And then I also watched. I've been also watching a few random. I'm still doing a bit of my TNG rewatch, but you know I'm kind of scraping the bottom barrel. I refuse to go back to season one, and season two, uh, for the most part. But uh, you know, like I'm now in season three. I watched Who Watches the Watchers. Which is I, I don't know if you remember this episode. It's the it's first contact story. First contact gone awry. It's like prime directive fail. That's, that's aren't the they proto Vulcans or something? Yeah, they basically look like Vulcans. Like, okay. Yeah, they yeah. they have they they're a mix between like Vulcans and Rhymelands. They have the forehead thing. They have like the eyebrows. They have like kind of pointy ears. Um, so yeah, they're proto Vulcans. Um, and that was I, I I forgot a lot about this episode, and I was like, oh, what's happening? Um, so I watched that, and I watched the High Ground, which was the terrorism episode, um, which I thought there I thought these were both decent episodes. I mean, like the terrorism episode, there wasn't much to say. Like this, this is an interesting episode where they explored a topic, like a hot topic of like terrorism. And they tried to give both sides, like they tried to show both sides, right? They try try to show how it's it's um it's it's always a gray topic, you know, like both sides have their reasons. Um, but then, and this is a episode where Doctor Crusher is he, she's kidnapped by the terrorists because they need a doctor. And then at the end, they're like, "La di da, we're done, bye." <laughs> like it was just like it was one of those episodes where. You know, uh, Dr. Crusher was saved. The terrorists were stopped. Um, there was a moment when Dr. Crusher was trying to, like, get Picard to kind of see the other side. 
And then it's like, we're reunited. See you guys later. Bye, planet. You know, it was just one of those episodes where it just had this really neat and tidy resolution as do most TNG episodes, let's be honest. Um, you know, like it's an exploration of terrorism, but there really wasn't, a, you know, nothing came out of it, you know. So, um, yeah, that was that was interesting compared to obviously the complexity of the exploration of terrorism DS9, which is, you know, much, much more complicated. Um, in any case, that's what I've been watching and Star Trekking. What about you? Well, I'm continuing my Enterprise season one watch. So oh I'm now God, you forever to get through season one. What's ha what's happening? Well, I mean, it's 25 episodes. Uh, it's not like I watch it for hours on end. I watch, you know, one or two episodes at a time. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I've been watching Enterprise season one. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really enjoying it more and more. It really is, you know, I, I, I do wish that T'Pol would smile more, uh, you know. She never or, smiles. I know, about? she never smiles. Uh, she's also wearing, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, things, things that you wish were, you know, I wish Gersha Phillips was a lot, you know, involved back <laughs> then so we'd have better costumes. Uh, so, yeah, it's just uh, little things like that are popping out to me, although, um, so I did just watch uh, the one with um, with the Vulcan ambassador who so uh, fallen hero I think is the oh yeah no not Saval uh, this is oh, another one that was like Saval to, to Par or something like that to Paul not to Paul or um, I can't think of her name but uh, it was it was it turned out you know she's very curious about humans oh uh, i remember this i remember this she's yeah by um by data's mom oh really do you remember no oh my god i think it's the same i'm 99 sure it's the same actress do you remember that season seven episode of tng where data's mom came into play and she's she turns out to be an android no, I don't even remember. What? That at Get all. out of here. Don't remember no. this episode? No, I don't actually. I don't remember there being a data's mom. <gasps> oh my God. Who are you? I mean, there's 800, ep there's 800 episodes. Juliana Sung. Oh, okay. Um, or Juliana Tainer. And then she turns out to be, um, yeah, she turns out to be an android. She was uh, injured by the crystalline entity. Um, and before she died, Sun like duplicated her memories and put her. Oh, in okay, her body. okay. That sounds familiar. That piece sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure it's the same actress. Yes, I remember her. And yeah, like, T'Pol was like trying to get Hoshi's smell out of her quarters. Yeah, yeah. There's some some of that, but uh, yeah. You know, yeah. So that was that was a really enjoyable episode. Uh, seeing the enterprise push warp five which it had never done it's got a warp five engine and they've never gone warp five in it so um that you know it was just a, it was a good episode i, I enjoyed it uh, a lot of a lot of drama intrigue like again more about the vulcans not trusting humans and humans not trusting vulcans mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. all of this kind yes. of stuff so yes um so yeah so that was really good so i but i i realized after watching this episode that i only have like three or four more episodes in season one but then you so, have season two and you oh yeah very fix season three yeah 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 no there's more yes yes um and i don't remember too much about shockwave don't say anything so i'm like getting towards that i i don't i remember being very underwhelming but um but we will see um so yeah i'm just enjoying it because it it feels fresh because it has been i was gonna say something about shockwave but i, I yeah don't I, ruin I it don't say it don't say it uh <laughs> you know i'm i'm looking you know it's this like you've called it this is a renaissance but it's also feels like i mean this is probably the first time i've rewatched enterprise in 20 years mm -hmm. um so yeah, so I, but I'm enjoying it. So it's, it feels kind of fresh, you know. The things I I do remember things as they kind of come up, but I don't know how they might 
end or wrap up because it's been that long since I've watched it. So uh, I'm really, but I'm really enjoying my my rewatch. And, Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's what I've been Star Trekking. Oh, and I'm I'm still reading. Still listening to Wonderlands, the mm. new Discovery novel, which has mm. is getting a little bit better. It was, you know, it's obviously it's a it's obviously Michael centric. Uh, so <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it's a lot of her thought process and oh there's like, a lot is of she like uh, crying in her mind. No, when uh, you know, not not quite so. No, but. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a different kind of you know, that's really the only character that you recognize, you know, and Sahil. Obviously Sahil is in it. We uh, like barely it. know. Right. You do sort of get to know him a little bit more in this book. So uh he's got an in- interesting background. I believe she's also listening to her his grandmother's personal logs, I believe. Oh, from okay. right around the time of the burn so oh, okay so it's kind of interspersed with that uh you know again i think the hard part about this and this is the one thing that i know you really like one of the, one of the things you don't like about michael is just her obsessive behavior like she just gets something into her mind and like she's she she doesn't know how to be a not Starfleet officer. And even though at the beginning of season three, when they, when they do catch up to the discovery, uh, you know, she's lost some of that, you know, she feels more independent and all of that. So this, this whole book is sort of the process of that happening. Does this and, cover uh, the full year? Does this book cover? The I don't know. I, I, it's hard to tell. There aren't really a lot of dates or timestamps in here, but it does give you a more, uh, interesting view of the universe post burn. So, uh, you know, we, we sort of get that in, in the first couple of episodes of season three, but this kind of branches out and shows some other, you know, things going on. And so it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, and book plays a part in it and, but it's before their romance obviously kicks off. So it's, you know, a lot of like, you know, flirting flirting slash being angry with one another like just you know so uh and a lot of you know michael just being like being starfleet when there's no starfleet and uh you know people kind of sort of laugh in her face in a lot of ways like because she's you know so it's just her you know kind of figuring out her new her way in this new universe that she's in so Hmm. um so yeah, I'm I'm about eighty percent through it uh, at this point, and um, yeah, it's you know I'm glad I'm reading it. Uh, I don't think it, it's not an earth-shattering book by any means, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I have been star trekking this week. Yeah, I don't really know how much I love these like book tie-ins because it's interesting, but then they need to like fit into this established narrative. So we kind of need, you know where it's going. Like, it's not like, you know, bulk is gonna die or something. So there's like a limited amount of stakes in these books. Yes. And then it's like, are these even canon? It's like, kind of, because they're like official, like CBS slash Paramount, but they're not really considered canon in like, you know, the story. You know, it's it's questionable how canon they are. So I'm like, to me, they're like, I, this is the same problem I had with Last Best Hope, whatever, that Picard prequel. I was like, is it, like, is this, is, is this all canon? Like, and I know where this is going. I don't know. It's like, it's almost like fan fiction to me. It's like more fan fiction. It's like, yeah, it's like, I can write a book that's a prequel to Picard. That's probably more exciting than Last Best Hope, to be honest. Because I, I feel like it, it, it was like, I don't know. I, I didn't really think that that was particularly interesting. Um, it gave us a little bit more context. Um, but it was trying to like, you you could tell the book was like trying to like, it was driving towards where Picard season one had to be, like the start of it. And then it was also trying to like tie in all these disparate pieces of what we know, including like 
the the stuff we know from the Calvin reboot, like things like that. You were like trying to see that they, she was like trying to like tie these threads in. And at the end, I was like, Ugh, whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how I felt, feel about these books. Yeah, I would say that these books are definitely different in that respect uh, because they do kind of have to fit into the universe. That yeah, there's like this. more there's more restrictions on it. And you know that it yeah. needs to be more like like Paramount needs to put their stamp of approval on it. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, eh, whatever, you know, uh, yeah. Unlike back in the days of the pocket books, right, where they were kind of, yeah, they can go know, crazy or something. They could go, you know, do a lot of different things. Yeah, they, these definitely have to fit into a more uh, it's, finite. This is more rigid. Yeah, there's yeah. all the guardrails to it. Yeah, so, nah, I don't know. I don't I've never gotten to these like, you know, tie in books. I think it's interesting. Um, but you know, I hate reading. So it's like, if I already hate reading, why spend the time and energy on these that are, you know, these books that are mediocre. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So. All right. Well, there's that. Uh, Should we get into the bulk of our talk today of what we're going to talk about? Yeah, let's do it. If you have a statement, you'll have an opportunity to make it later. I believe that Chapter 4, Article 12 of the Uniform Code of Justice grants me the right to make a statement before questioning begins. Very well. I'm deeply concerned about what is happening here. It began when we apprehended a spy, a man who admitted his guilt and who will answer for his crime. But the hunt didn't end there. Another man, Mr. Simon Tarsis, was brought to trial. And it was a trial, no matter what others choose to call it. A trial based on insinuation, and innuendo. Nothing substantive offered against Mr. Tarsis, much less proven. Mr. Tarsis' grandfather is Romulan. And for that reason, his career now stands in ruins. Have we become so fearful? Have we become so cowardly that We must extinguish a man because he carries the blood of a current enemy. Admiral, let us not condemn Simon Tarsis or anyone else because of their bloodlines or investigate others for their innocent associations. I implore you, do not continue with this proceeding. Do you want me to read? So we're going to talk about the underappreciated episodes of The Next Is Generation. Underappreciated? Who knows? Who knows? But well, I think it's unappreciated. Yes. So we are in season four and we're going to talk about the drumhead. Yes. Wait, are you are you digging up the... Yeah, I have the, it right here. I was just... I was, plus description of it no the netflix one but uh so here we go with the drumhead a retired admiral boards the enterprise to investigate a possible act of sabotage and puts captain picard in an uncomfortable position it is kind of uncomfortable it is yeah yeah so the drumhead so yes. so this is my pick. So this is, I don't so know what you thought about it. No, I was going to ask you what you thought about it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, twists. Yeah, what did you think about the drumhead? Obviously, I liked it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked it. But Mike, what did you think about this episode? So I really enjoyed this episode. I, I There was a lot to really like in here. And, and you forced me to not talk about it with you before yeah. we did this. So uh-huh. um, there is a lot of uh, uh, a lot of interesting aspects to this uh, to this whole episode. I mean, it's it's very multifaceted. It's uh, one thing I did mention, which I will let you talk about. Yes. About someone Tarsus. I didn't even think about and i thought that was interesting but please yeah um yeah i'm gonna get into that in a second but yeah i i I thought that this was all rather interesting to have all this all these different 
storylines come together in in this mock trial that and this admiral admiral sati who's retired uh, basically concocts out of nowhere like seeing conspiracies where there aren't conspiracies and speaking of remember when at the beginning she does mention the conspiracy from season one the car yeah, picard in his personal log mentions yes. the conspiracy from season one i was like what role did she play in this? But sure. Yeah. The, you well, know, the, the, yeah, the role she played in the episode conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't recall her doing anything in that regard. She, so the way that he positions it, it's post that like the invest, she led the investigation into what happened after. You mean the, the aliens taking over the bodies, yeah. like the corpses everywhere. Yes. So she would it's have like, Oh, I wonder what happened. That. Oh, yeah. Mystery. Anyway, continue. So yeah, I thought that was a kind of an interesting throwback, right? Uh, was that? Um, but I I think that the part that I really found interesting, the most interesting, was the whole Simon Tarsus storyline. And um, you know, I, well, I, I said, thought it was interesting that you latched onto again. But please continue. Yeah. No. I um, obviously it was very clear that he was nervous about something. Obviously being in being part of an inquiry was certainly very, you know, very stressful. Do you want to summarize like his, uh, his story? Yeah. So, uh, Simon Tarsus is a medical crewman in Dr. Crusher's sick bay who is, uh, who is mainly responsible for injecting this Klingon with the medication that he needed to stay alive. He's got some sort of disease that requires, you know, weekly injections. Yeah. Weekly injections. And so it's, you know, in the investigation of this Klingon who has stolen the plans to the enterprises warp core, uh, and somehow the, the, um, the Romulans have gotten a hold of this now. So there's that whole Romulan conspiracy and now the Klingons yeah. part of it. And then I thought that was interesting too. It's like, why would he like, because his whole well, rationale was like the Klingon empire is weak. Weak. Yes. Yeah. He and had I'm the like, whole scene. That was so interesting that he decided to give this information to basically the mortal enemy of the Klingons. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's definitely, you know, they, and then that's a piece that they don't really solve. They, they kind of come up with the, the idea that this one ambassador is something that has disappeared. Someone has disappeared. And that's probably how the Romulans got right. this through the injections. So the injections also had, um, so this, the injector, I guess, had this ability to synthesize data into protein sequences, which would then be inserted into, into the person who was carrying it away. So that was how they were getting like isolinear chips and then encode the information in yeah, proteins or something. Yeah. And proteins. Yeah. Which was an interesting, I I don't know scientifically how, you know, whether you think that's possible or not, but um, so Simon is under suspicion because they believe that the Klingon needed some help in doing this. So uh, so they start looking at all the people that the Klingon has come in contact with. Simon is um, is a part of that. I think at that point it had come out that the Romulans had gotten the data. So I think that that coupled with, you know, what Simon's background was uh, caused him to be really stressful. So they interview him. He, you know, the, uh, the Beta Z uh, prosecutors, like he's lying, he's, he's hiding something. Um, so that sort of starts this whole investigation into his background and it's found out that, well, originally he said that, you know, his background was Vulcan and that's what he put on in his application. Right. So his great, great quarter Vulcan or something. Yeah. His great grandfather was a a Vulcan. It was, yeah. So, uh, but it comes out that it's actually his great grandfather is a Romulan. So he's like one eighth Romulan or something like that, or mm. maybe a quarter. I don't know. But the, the problem here is, or the, the issue here is that because he lied on his application, his life, 
you know, one mistake and his Starfleet career is ruined. And so, uh, you know, and that sort of comes out in a, in a one-on-one with Picard, which I thought was really kind of touching, but also, you know, gosh, I would feel intimidated if I were a crewman sitting having tea with the captain uh, and knowing all this is going on. And, and um, yeah, so it just, just the way that all that information comes out, it really reminded me, one, of, you know, something to hide, right? This Simon had something to hide, which was his background. Mm-hmm. I took that very, very literally as, you know, how... You know, for the longest time, I hid who I was, you know, how, you know, a lot of gay people or LGBTQ people kind of assimilate or lie and, you know, say I'm straight or I'm, you know, that girl or that guy is cute to kind of keep a a homogeneous, homosexual, uh, heterosexual Mm -hmm. um, standpoint in their life because of the fear of what would happen if that was to come out. So... I really felt that Simon was kind of an analogy for for the LGBTQ population in that, you know, there was a piece of him that he was not ready to disclose. He didn't disclose it. And then he was put under pressure to disclose it. And it's basically ruined his life. And I'm not saying, I don't mean that the analogy continues, like that it ruins his life, but I'm talking about The idea that, you know, until a person is ready to come out or, you know, is ready to disclose their sexuality, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be, uh, that's one of those things where, um, you know, there can be a lot of fear and, and, you know, and angst around what's going to happen to my life after this information comes out. And that whole piece of it comes out in his conversation with Picard. And I thought that, wow, that's, you know, if you if you really look at that through an LGBTQ perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how a lot of us felt at some point in our life, being scared of revealing who we were uh, to others and what that would mean for, you know, our future or our, you know, the options that are presented to us in our life. So, um yeah, I thought that that was so. Yeah, so that's what I you know picked out of that was uh, and why I latched onto to Simon's story is because of that whole piece and and um, you know Picard doesn't really uh, he doesn't really give that character any hope. You know, he's kind of you know it's not like unfortunately that's the piece that kind of falls short. I think is this whole idea that you know Simon believes his career is over, which it probably is, mm. um, but that that's not the end of his life, his existence. He can right. there's there's other you know there's other things that he can do and and other places he can go. But Picard really doesn't help. No, he doesn't. Doesn't I mean, help. He, yeah, uh, he doesn't. You know it. You know, I, I thought that from the, the conversation, one, I thought about how intimidating a conversation that would be, but two, and he was like, here, have some tea. I was like, uh, I would be like so nervous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely very nervous. Right. And then, you know, he, Picard does start, start off really soft and like tries to get to know him and tries to bring him out of his shell and talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, and, and I think, Picard also does feel a little bit guilty. Well, not guilty in the sense he feels badly for this person because he's done nothing wrong, but yet because he didn't disclose this one piece of information, his Starfleet career is pretty much over. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think we ever find out. And it would have been nice to say, you know, at some point, maybe towards the end of the story, you know, saying maybe even saying to Worf in the conversation in the, in the ready, in the uh, observation lounge or, even prior to that saying, you know, I'm, I'm not recommending that Simon be removed from Starfleet because of, of this, uh, it would have been nice to see that, but that obviously did not happen. So we're kind of left with the thought that Simon lied about his background, his, his career is, his career is over. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think uh, that was probably the most interesting uh, part of this story for me now I actually so I watched the whole episode through and then I actually went back 
because wow. I really, I went back to, um, right after that conversation to kind of review how the, the trial, like how everything kind of went off the rails at that point uh -huh, uh -huh. with Admiral Sati calling Starfleet and bringing in another Admiral right, and right, right, like right. that whole piece. Cause I was trying to figure out like, did I miss something? Is there really a conspiracy here or is it all made up in her mind? And, and I, so I wanted to reevaluate all of that. And so I watched it again and um, you know, especially I watched the speech that Picard gives right uh, right before he's asked interrogated in the in the courtroom uh -huh. and um, then I you know I realized that this is all really made up in this person's mind and that there's nothing nothing here like she's creating this sham trial of what I don't we don't need, I don't even think we know like now she's just trying to find more conspiracies and thinks that, you know, I don't even, it's never yeah, really I, clear what she is looking for other than she's just seeing conspiracies everywhere and she right. wants to root out all evil. Yeah, I thought that that, you know, I, I like this episode and, you know, um, going back to what you're saying about Simon, um, you know, I didn't make that kind of emotional connection to Simon necessarily in relating to making that relation in terms of his experience mirroring mine in terms of my coming out. But I do remember when I first watched this episode because he did a really good job portraying a person who had something really big to hide. To hide, yes. And how devastating it was when it came out. I, you, there is, I do remember um, having like a very visceral reaction to that. Um, because you can tell how devastating it was. And um, yeah, I think that this is probably very similar to what you're saying, like when someone is like forced out, you know, um, when they're not ready to kind of talk about it, how that is something that is taken away from you, that power is taken away from you, you know, how terrible that is. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, he did a great job portraying, um, like a character kind of going through that experience. And then, you know, when it comes to Admiral Sati, I thought that she was a very interesting character because like, when she first comes on the ship, she and Picard are like hitting it off, right? She is like, I didn't think I would like working with you, but I can see where we're going to be great partners. Um, we're going to work well together. Oh, Worf, you know, he's going to be great. He's going to be critical in this investigation. I like him, you know. Um, and then later it kind of definitely goes off the rails. Definitely. Um, and I think that, like, you know, I don't know. Okay, so this was, I, even though I really like this episode, because I think that there's a lot going for it, and I think it's just interesting. Um, I'm not, I agree with you. I'm not sure what the episode is saying about Admiral Sati as a character, other than, you know, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, she's just looking for conspiracy. Um, she is... Um, is she senile? I don't think she's like doing this on purpose. Like she's not like trying to just instigate um, problems, you know? I think she legitimately thinks that there's something going on. And, you know, she's a very proud character. Like, you know, she's very confident in herself. And I think that this, um, you know, when I was thinking about, it, I think there's more or less, oh, what is like Admiral Sati? And like, you know, like what are, what are her motivations? And maybe more so about her effect on the people around her. Um, and she's kind of like a force of nature in this episode. She just comes and like, you know, drudges up all the shit. Um, but I think what's more interesting is, it, you know, because, yeah, we don't we don't get anything in terms of like, why is she doing this? Is she crazy? Is she like, you know, is she, is she senile? Like, you know, we don't get that. Um, but instead, I think it's even more interesting what, you know, how Picard reacts to her, how Worf reacts to her, um, and how she influences the people around her and like how they, you know, what comes out of her actions, you know? Because I do think that we get a lot of great Picard in this episode where, you know, at first he's like, oh, she has a point, you know, there's something going on. And then later, yeah, like, you know, like even what you're saying about Picard's conversation with Simon and then the couple speeches that he has about realizing that like 
you know, there's something wrong and there's something wrong with the way that they're going about this, this investigation and we, and they're, um, they're violating, um, you know, freedom and rights. Um, well, they, and they lied about the cause of the accident. So, right. which is also, I think a tipping point for Picard is when they do that, that can like, that means that this is no longer a legitimate trial because they are, or investigation because now they're making shit up to get people to talk right. or to, to, you know, to cause these problems. And, and Simon was the first, first uh, casualty of the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that continued. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking the Picard sort of calls it out at the end, as far as when he's talking to Worf and how villains come in all, you know, don't always come in and with twirling mustaches as his, what his, his term is, which I think is kind of funny, you know, talk about a 1930s reference to yeah. black and white, uh, black and white and no, no audio uh, movies where the, the villain had to be someone with a twirling mustache, but uh, you know, it's, um, it's that whole idea that y- you have to be careful about when you start losing the truth in all of this mm-hmm. and, and the and and now that we're talking about this wow what a what a apropos kind of episode that we're talking about now given the the world that we live in where the truth is where the truth is being twisted and 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 used in the in the wrong way so it's it's really kind of uh you know we're it's funny because you know these morality plays that are star trek and star trek the next generation you know are really it's it's funny that the 30 years old and this issue is still you know obviously a problem like the twirling people are potentially worse i would argue yeah for sure you know uh yeah a lot worse and um so i think in the you know the 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 thing in this episode is really about the truth, not using, creating an, a false narrative to get to the truth about something mm-hmm. is not the, is not the Starfleet way. It's not the Federation's way and it shouldn't be, it's not right. And, and even Admiral Satie's father, right. It was his father, um, mm-hmm. his father, her father, said that you have to be careful when the truth starts getting maligned to right. to uh prosecute people and to 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 create this kind of environment where any any truth can be twisted to harm someone yeah so yeah so so some real ties to what we're dealing with now but also some real ties to the lgbt community so i mean kudos to you on picking this episode i mean some some really apropos more than more than the the whole false trial thing and and boimler saying drumhead uh, I, I and drums like a random the, like me yeah either. yeah you know yeah. but uh you know, I will say she has some great outfits. Like I don't know, they they like um, yes, they worked yes, really hard on making her have some unique outfits. I was like, oh, it's very structural. Yeah. I like the silhouette. Um, she does dress really well. Yeah, I like the high collar. Yes, she does. I, I did notice that as well. Yeah, it's like very. Yeah. Uh, very I thought the dramatic she is. Yeah, and so it's interesting because the other two other things, like her assistant, the stenographer, whatever it was, was oh, yeah. a very odd-looking, interesting character that that I, I you also know. kind of an interesting, a little, almost like three D printed, like a you know her uh, her outfit. Oh yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, so at the beginning of the episode with the initial investigation where Troy and Riker are interviewing yeah. the Klingon. Suddenly, you know, Deanna disappears for the rest of the she episode. Ghosts. She ghosts. Uh, because we have this betazoid, right. full betazoid um, 
prosecutor that is part of uh, Admiral Sati's team. So, yeah. But in the wow. end, it's interesting because once that all kind of comes out, and once Picard says what he needs to say, the admiral walks out. Then you know the prosecutor. You know both their both their team members leave her alone in the in the courtroom and um, ab- basically abandon her as well. Uh, and so all of her support is kind of dissolved, but, you know, they're, you know, the prosecutors, um, or the investigator, I don't know. He was more like a prosecutor, especially with Picard. That's what the, beta, the beta Zed? The beta Zed. Yeah. The yeah. The beta. Again, can't speak English. The beta Zoid. Um, beta Zoid. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought that was, uh, there was also, um, interesting, element of that where because remember the conversation where picard and animal Sachi are kind of going back and forth on whether it whether or not it's appropriate to go off like the hunch that this betazoid has sorry i can't speak i can't say it um and then he has to be like he he actually animal Sachi actually kind of like is like uh you use one (laughs) like you have one like your counselor's betazoid right so what what's the problem that you have with me using one? So which I thought was kind of interesting, and this was an example where she was kind of like you know using out using logic to kind of like be like, uh, you know, you're being hypocritical because you use one, and you would use one in certain situations. So why can't I use one if it's potentially um, a terrorist? You know, if, if we're trying to potentially weed out a terrorist. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And Picard was like, oh, maybe I should reevaluate, um, you know, what I do. Um, so I thought that was kind of, that, that was an interesting conversation. Um, I will say from the Yeah, end, I think she was manipulating him then. I think, I feel like she was trying to ma- manipulate Picard in that way. And but I thought that she had a point. I mean, like, you know, just, by, just, yeah. I mean, like Picard uses Yana in, in these circumstances to kind of like, on, you know, she, he wants to see like what her gut feeling is and then use that to kind of further dig out like what's going on. Like because she, the most that she can offer sometimes is like they're hiding something, which is basically like, you know, her go-to line. Um, and he, you know, he uses that to kind of further the truth. Um, so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say that this again is an episode um, that kind of suffers from this this like forty five minute storytelling, like episodic storytelling, where you know, like I feel like the the trial of a card is it's just beginning to build up, and then you know he he quotes her father, and then she goes off the rails, and then. It's over. You know, it's like she's discredited. I'm like, that was um that was that was that was wrapped up very quickly, you know. Um Yeah, I can see how I that was yeah. I felt, yeah, I thought it was kind of abrupt. Like, you know, her her acting is fantastic. Um I thought that the two of them actually um together head to head, it was actually you know, they had some great scenes together. But yeah, I just thought that the end was kind of it was just like an abrupt like Oh, she's done. You know, I guess like you know, she's yeah, she's discredited. Um, this trial's over. You know, I, I thought that that it just cleaned up a little bit too quickly, um, because again, this was not that I would want this to be like a multi-arc episode of any you know or anything. It doesn't need to drag out. Um, I just thought that it kind of just wrapped up a little bit too neatly. Yeah, yeah, I do too. To some extent, I also think that. Once the admiral saw where, where that was going and what what she was kind of bringing up, it was totally outside the scope of what the in, initial investigation was, and I think that that's also why this wasn't part of a larger conspiracy. You know, mm-hmm. this was you know there was enough evidence to lead you down a different path, which is this missing ambassador or something that. that that the Klingon had in contact. They had the Klingon who did it. So there were all these uh, pieces that were already kind of 
taking them one direction and she was taking them in a completely different right. direction, like investigating Picard as the possible conspiracy. And, and I think the Admiral thought that was a little much, you know, so I, love I do, how the I do feel it felt, it felt a nothing. little rushed. He's, I love that he said nothing. He just like left. He had made a face and then he just left. It was so funny. Yeah. 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 There, I, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't love that. I wish he had said something, but I guess his statement was getting up and walking out of, of there is, right. uh, is sort of what he was, was doing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, a, a great episode really, I, you know, I, I have a deeper appreciation for this episode now for obvious reasons, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this was a good, good choice for, uh, yeah, you didn't remember what happened. I didn't know I didn't. So, so it was great to go back and, you know, I mean, with 800 episodes, I tried, I was, I think I started this <laughs> I thought earlier, but with that many episodes, it's really hard to kind of, or 800 hours, I guess, of, of, star trek it it's lot. really hard to remember yeah. all the details you know you remember your favorite episodes you remember pieces of other things that you know maybe a piece here a piece there that kind of came out um which is why i think i'm really enjoying rewatching enterprise because yeah you know i don't really it's been that long it's been a and long I, time you still have to rewatch like you're saying ds9 uh that's a lot i do yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i yeah i do for sure um, so yeah, so there's our, our discussion of, uh, the drum head. Oh, we didn't even talk about Worf really. Cause Worf was like, there was a big Worf arc in this episode. There was that too, like where he, where we, we dig a little bit deeper into his past, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this sort of sets up the redemption arc that is coming later or the beginning of the redemption arc that starts with the finale of that season yeah 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 uh so there's that whole piece that yeah so it's almost like they did they did have an idea of where that was going and they had written this episode to kind of layer in some of those things which yeah. you know i think is uh is really smart of them they did they did a great job of that uh yeah, I always like it when we explore, I mean, some of the Klingon episodes, like, you know, not all of them are great. Um, but yeah, I do like the redemption arc um, that we have with Worf. And then also just the exploration of his, like his, his culture and background, how he straddles both worlds. And this was another example where he, um, because the Klingon, the, the exchange officer, <laughs> The exchange science officer um, is trying to appeal to his Cleon half in some ways towards the beginning and was like, yeah, your your name is not um, heard on on Kronos. And, you know, like I have friends in high places and Worf does this move where he like punches him. Like, I don't I, I there's no it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he raises his fist and then he goes flying or something into the wall. But um it is interesting how um, he, t again, towards the beginning, Admiral Sati, he, he, they, they really get along. He and the Betaz, the Betazoid, really get along. Um, and then, yeah, that also is an example that it just like escalates and then go off, goes off the rails. And then he, at the end, is just like, yeah, I, you know, I, I totally fell for it. Um, and yeah, that was that was another. Um, there were a lot of scenes of war that I thought were also very interesting. Yeah. What are you looking no, at? What are you investigating? You're like looking. I'm, I'm jumping ahead because we didn't talk about season five. Oh well, that's that was your homework, not mine. So yeah, I failed on that respect. To take a season five episode. Yeah. No, I agree with you on the wharf piece. Uh, piece that you know, it's it's definitely a Picard wharf episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, it's almost like they had to have Will Riker on the set for that week for whatever reason. Well, I think he directed this episode. Oh, did he? I think so. I think Jonathan Frakes directed this. Yeah. Oh, OK. All right. So um, let's see. So there we go. That would explain memory it. alpha will confirm will save us. But yeah, I agree. There was some good yes. work stuff in here. Oh, written by Jerry Taylor. Oh, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. OK. 
Jerry Taylor. Great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I, strong, you women, know, strong women. Strong women. Yes. Yeah. So questionable. Yeah. Questionable ethics, apparently. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think that does it for the drum head. I've said everything I want to say. Is there anything else that you want? Yeah, say? I think we've we've done an uh, I think we've done a nice job of covering the drum head from uh, a multiple perspective approach. Oh my God, Jerry Taylor is eighty two. She's aged as will we all. She's gonna be uh, Jerry Taylor is gonna be at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas slash oh. the fifty five year mission, I believe. Cool. Yeah. As will 150 yeah. guests, apparently. So, and and counting the two of us, and, and, and the us. two of us. And us. Um, cool. So, Mike, have you narrowed down what we're going to be talking about next week as part of our? I mean, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good season five episodes in here, but underappreciated. Yeah. episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm struggling to come up with one, but I think I've landed on one. Well, I, so we have we have two choices here. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm thinking. So we have talked about the outcast before. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. an interesting. Um, but I, I don't know that we've talked about it on. Though I don't. That's not underappreciated. You don't think so? It still comes up, like in conversation well people talk okay about then you know what then we're gonna go with my second choice then which is ensign row oh okay okay i watched that recently yeah um yeah great um i think that this is i think you know I, I was scrolling through it there's a lot of standout episodes in this but i think that one of the things that we kind of skip over and because she plays a pretty pivotal role in some future season five episodes that that are more rascals. appreciated. Oh, rascals season rascals. Five. Oh my god. The the next phase, uh, you know, the um conundrum I think she's in. And um, yeah, she plays Master, a lot. So Disaster, which is actually two episodes, I think, after Ensign Row. Um, which one? Disaster. It's when Yeah, Disaster is the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hello. Yep. So yeah, so I thought we'd let's do next week we're gonna talk about Ensign Row. Okay. That works. All right, for our season five underappreciated episode. And also next week we have to figure out what we're gonna do for Pride Month. Oh god. So Pride Month starts on Tuesday. Next oh, Tuesday. We're a week away from Pride. Yeah. I guess like so, yeah, I mean even at work we're talking about Pride Month, but I was like, Oh wait, Pride is next week or Pride starts next week. Um Yeah. I mean, so, like, you know, I mean, there's not even like a pride parade this year, right? It's all digital, isn't it? There's not. I, you know, I, and I found that out through Wilson Cruz, who's the Grand Marshal of the New York City oh. Pride Parade, and he's he's trapped in uh, Canada. What? And uh, and well, and you know, and also they're Is they're filming? still I, yeah, they're still they're still filming. Oh, okay, okay. Um. But uh, he posted on Instagram that he is the Grand Marshal for the New York City Pride Parade, which will be virtual. So that's very interesting. That's um, interesting. But that's fine. You know, I honestly, standing, you know, having those kind of crowds this early, you know, I'm not ready for that. I'm definitely Maybe, yeah. not ready for yeah, I'm like obviously I'm like ready for I'm I'm with people. Like I I'm with I'm with people. I I'm told I hang out with people, I see people, but the pride crowds can be a bit much. That's it's a lot, yeah. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. It's a little too early for that. So I'm I'm actually glad that it's gonna be a virtual pride parade. Uh and Is it an actual I'm parade? Sure there's gonna be Is it an actual parade? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was like yawning and talking at the same time. Um yeah, I know you are. Parade, I was like like are they gonna have like panelists? Like, I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I do not know. All right. So, um, so wait, yeah, but it month. is uh, Pride Month, so we'll 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 talk a little bit about that next month, uh, next week, and we'll talk about Ensign Row. But before we wrap up for the evening, we wanted to give a huge shout out for two things, right? So we had our first contest last uh, week giveaway. with Lower Decks. Not contest. Uh, we oh right giveaway. We so giveaway. we just want to give a sh quick shout out to Sarah, 
Tracy and Howard, who won our giveaway, and, and we're now revealing that our uh, Blu-ray copies. We don't want people to hunt these people down for the Blu-ray. Yeah, no. The character sets they got. Yeah. So, uh, but we wanted to congratulate them and thank them for entering our giveaway and for winning. So, huge shout out to them. Yay! And then finally, Winners. we just want to give a shout out to our. Um, sponsor? sponsor fan sets. Sponsor. I could not think of the word, word sponsor. I'm having yes. whatever. So, I'm having huge today, so. Yeah, the word sponsor was I was having a hard time with. But anyway, yes. So we want to give a huge shout out to fan sets, our sponsor. Uh, one of the sponsors, one of uh, the major sponsors for the Trek Geeks podcast network. And we love the guys at, at Fansets, and we'll get to see them in Las Vegas, I think. So that's exciting. And uh, so if you go to fansets.com and put a bunch of pins in it, in your cart, and I don't know what's coming out for Jan June 1st, so we'll let you know next week what's come out. Uh, but uh, if you put over $30 worth of pins in your cart, You'll get free shipping in the U.S. And yeah. secondly, if you enter the code DSPRIDE, all caps, all caps you will get 10% off your order. So go check out Fansets. Find some pins. They've got a lot of great pins there. And uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Fansets, for supporting Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. <laughs> cool. All right. So finally, Johnson, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us? Sure. Yeah. Everyone can get in touch with us on digital channels because we have technology. Um, so you can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Space Pride, or you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. And uh, if you reach out, you there we go. try to answer you promptly. So next week, we're going to talk about Ensign Rowe from season five in our series, The Underappreciated Episodes of Next Generation. And we'll also have some talk about pride and what that all means for the month of June. So we hope that you will come back next week and join us. And until then, everyone have a great week. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.